0: The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab episode 853 for Monday, January 18th, 2020. Oh, 2021! Welcome to the Mac Observers, Mac Geek Gab. Yes, it is 2021. It also is the show where you send in your cool stuff found, your tips, your quick tips, your questions. We find our own cool stuff found. We find our own quick tips. We find answers to your questions. And we mash it all together in a way that allows each and every one of us to learn at least five new things by the time we finish each and every week. Sponsors for this episode include sunbasket.com slash MGG, ladderlife.com slash MGG, Riedel, and we get to talk about their calendars app this week, and lino.com slash MGG, where you can go and get a hundred bucks in free credit. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton.
1: And here, back from CES, That's <laughs> well, <right>. not really. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> in fearful Connecticut, this is John F. Braun. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, so uh, that um that CES went uh, better than I expected, Dave.
0: I actually, it I being,
1: it being all virtual, and yeah. I think I know what you're going to say, but go. No, I agree with you.
0: <laughs> I have nothing. Yeah, I I I liked it. Um, I I I agree. It went way better than expected. It was far more valuable than uh, it could have been. I think it. Given that this happened in January and not June it was a huge boost because people, different companies, different organizations, different events had the opportunity to kind of figure out what does, what does work and what doesn't work. And CES definitely benefited from that, you know, iterative learning that that we have um, or we had. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it went well. I My only issue is that by not being in Vegas – Two things. Number one, you don't get to really see people. You don't get that, you know, chance encounter, I guess, is the the real mm-hmm. key. Right. You know, and, and that trust building, it can happen over Zoom. And I definitely met some new people uh, mm-hmm. for sure, you know, and, and strengthened some existing relationships and all of that. But not seeing people in person that, like that, that is an important thing. And I I hope and think that that okay. will return once we're able to do that safely. The other thing I didn't uh that would that I consider a negative, and this is going to sound crazy, is that I wasn't in Las Vegas. Not that I care where I am for CES, though Vegas has its pros and cons like everywhere else. Um But being here at my desk, I I didn't carve this week out of my schedule like I would have were I traveling. And so, you know, regular work trying to sort of intersperse and balance that i'm i'm clearly not an expert at that part yet i I suppose if this went on for years and years and let's hope that it does not but if it did i would i would figure out a way to be like okay next week don't expect responses from me i have ces to attend to not attend and i'd get better at that but yeah otherwise yeah yeah
1: i liked it yeah And I would dare say it was more efficient having everything in one place. Sure. And you didn't have to schlep around from hotel to hotel. Getting around was another downside of of the physical event. And every now and then, I'd be like, oh, man, I didn't get the press release from these guys. Now I got to go online. So, yeah, it was, uh, I guess, uh, higher throughput. It took me uh, less time to generate content. than
0: uh, For sure. Yeah, yeah, no, there's an efficiency of of not having to move around. I mean, there's some things that you can some benefits to moving around and and all of that. Like I said, the chance encounters and and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I, I really missed. But um but yeah, you know, by and large, um I I yeah, it was it was valuable. In fact, we have a ton of cool stuff found to go through here that you and I found mm-hmm. at CES. We have some cool stuff found from uh from well, all of you to, to share as well. But, uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Hopefully we g- we get to do it in person next year. Like I said, I'm looking
1: forward yeah, to it. Yeah. I would say I, the thing I miss most is the, uh, the food and the drink and having meals with friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was a bummer.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. All, all right. right. All right. Uh, let's go. Yeah. We'll do, A couple of cool stuff's found from you first is Mark uh, reminds us or tells us that uh, Cocktail, the macOS utility for one of those sort of Swiss Army knife types of macOS utilities, for those of you that don't know, is now available for Big Sur. And of course, we'll put a link in the show notes for that. And John, when I saw that email from Mark, so thank you, Mark. Uh, I thought, wait a minute. I have not yet looked, at least not recently, for uh, Onyx for Big Sur, and of course, as you might imagine, Onyx for Big Sur is out as well. So, and I think I can't. Oh, nice. tell. I can't tell when that came out, but I looked for it for a while after Big Sur launched, and it didn't exist. And now it's up to three point nine point four. So there have been a few iterations of it, which which is great. Um, so. Uh, figured I'd let if I didn't know, I figured at least one of you also didn't know. So I share, I share. It's what I do. It's what we do here. Uh any, any thoughts on any of that, John, before we move on?
1: Nope. Oh, I was trying to see when, uh, they don't yeah. put dates in their release notes. Yeah. 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 Should always put dates in your release notes. I, I like it. Yeah,
0: certainly. All right. Maybe they don't want to put them in there. I don't know. Patrick uh, has two cool stuffs found. Actually, one of them is a cool stuff created by Patrick and the other is a uh, a cool stuff found. He says, uh, back in November, I mentioned using Google Assistant with shortcuts. Uh, It is easy to use inexpensive NFC tags to run shortcuts in iOS. In my case, I use NFC tags with shortcuts to run Google assistant commands for my home automation. This is all done in the automation tab in shortcuts. When you add a new automation, you add a personal automation where you can choose NFC as one of the options. And uh, Patrick created a, v- a little video that uh, that he has posted to YouTube. So I will make sure to link that in the show notes for this because uh, Because it's fantastic. He did a really good job on this video. So thank you, Patrick, for sharing that. And he says, uh, in reference to show 852, last week's show, he says... Uh, you were talking about Spotlight and how you use it to launch apps and things like that. He says, I personally like using Alfred at alfredapp.com as a Spotlight replacement. I find that it responds a little bit faster and a little more and is more easily customizable. I will say that the performance of Spotlight has improved with each release of OS 10 and now Mac OS. Back in the day, I used an app called Quicksilver because Spotlight was a bit sluggish back then. Well, I agree with you. Hey, thank you for sharing, Alfred. Um, yes, Spotlight's gotten faster, but there's some Spotlight issues. In fact, with Big Sur, that we might have to talk about. But uh, but we have listener Steve up next, John. If un- unless there's something more to talk about with Patrick before we jump to Steve.
1: So is. Uh, uh- so is what's on the NFC tag just a number, kind of like a barcode, but it's an RF barcode?
0: I like that. I I think that's a great way to think of what an NFC tag is. Is it as an RF barcode? Yeah, you, you, theoretically unique ID that, that your phone can sense. Yeah,
1: I like it. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to get some... Uh, yeah, they're well, cheap to check this thing out. And and uh, yeah, I have one that I got a couple of CESs ago oh. uh, kicking around somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious. Set up a Siri shortcut with it and let us know how it goes. That'd be cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. NFC tags are uh, wireless barcodes. I, I like this is good. That's a good way to think about it. Good way to explain it.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, that's how we thought about it. Uh, I did a lot of R&D with RFID when it was a big thing, and they predicted uh, that they would take over the world sure. and replace barcodes. And they really haven't because they're still more expensive than a barcode. True.
0: Although, I, where was I? I was at the gas pump, you know, putting gas in my car, as I do now, once every mm-hmm. six weeks. And our, <laughs> our the, the pumps of the place, I usually go uh, a while back, but certainly in 2020, like during, you know, pandemicing, uh, added Apple pay or NFC payments, right. But you know, um, and, yep.
1: and so yeah, one of the ones near me as well, which is great all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. But, but I also noticed that they have the, um, well, what does Apple call it? It's not air tags, but that's the term that's on my mind, but, but the little NFC thing that, that you, you tap, what is that called? Somebody in the chat room at com will help me. And and I tapped it, and it, it was the, the the little the the like the mini app. Why can't I think of the name of this? But uh, it's the thing where you tap, you know, you you tap a little NFC tag. It's not an an NFC reader. It's just a passive tag, and your phone says, "Oh, are you at a whatever Exxon mobile station?" And it launches that little mini app that happens inside of iOS, and it says, "Cool, you know, do, are you." Let us confirm. Are you at pump number five? It's like, I am at pump number five. Yes. And, and then I went through the process and it was like, I could sign up for their loyalty thing if I wanted, or just pay with Apple pay right there. And it all happened without needing to, uh, app clips, app clips, I think is, is what it's called. Right. Darren, Darren in the chat room, I think has my, has my back app clips. I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Yeah yeah so i got to I got to do it that way, which is great, yeah, it's an app clip that's exactly it. yep that's what I saw Thank you,
1: thank you thank you so um and um and I'll give you a tip and maybe I'll give you my affiliate link um gas buddy okay it's a tool that basically you either report the price of gas at nearby gas stations um yeah.
0: Yeah, I've seen or, that. Like my car tells me the prices of gas and it says sourced from gas buddy or something.
1: But then you can get what I think they call a fleet card, which I have from them, and it ties into your checking account, and mm-hmm. you get at least five cents off the posted price. So that's kind of neat.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I I guess that makes sense, right? Because they're not paying credit card process the, you know, the three percent ish, the two to three percent of mm-hmm. credit card processing fees. So you know, with gas at, at $3 a gallon, you know, saving you, um, I mean that, that would be credit card fees would be somewhere in the 10 cent range per, per gallon. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so they, they cut that in half, they split it with you and, uh, and there they go. It's not bad. Not bad. Unless you want the points, but always know I'm a credit card point junkie. Um, I've, I've. I use them all the time for various things, especially travel, which, you know, not right now, but, uh, oh, and it, uh, well, uh, a tangent off the tangent, but, uh, beware what you're paying for fees, right? Like I was, I, what was I doing? Oh, I was paying my son's tuition at Reed recently. And I had the option of, you know, just sending them cash or paying with a credit card and they wanted fees, but it was going to be, it was going to cost me like a fortune in fees and it wasn't worth it. I always look at fees either based on how many points it takes to earn a, 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 you know, the value of a a hotel room night or an airline ticket and compare that to what you Mm -hmm. would pay for a hotel room night or an airline ticket, because that's essentially what you're doing. And in this case, it was going to be like more than double what I would pay for a hotel room night to earn those fees. And it was like, okay, yep. I'll just send them money. It's all good. (laughs) Don't need to buy those fees at that price. So um but a tip the tangent off the tangent is with the pandemic having obviously slowed down or for you know most even stopped all travel your travel cards were worth less last year because you weren't able to use the points that you're earning now of course you'll be able to use them in the future but many travel cards if you call and ask will waive or reduce your annual fee when that comes up for renewal this year so uh if you have a minute again dollars per hour right it's not worth spending the time you know it's not worth spending two hours on the phone to save 10 bucks but uh but if you can make it happen quickly uh or even via their you know if they have chat or whatever so that you can do it asynchronously and while you're doing other stuff you can get them to waive that fee without a whole lot of time and headache then it's worth it so, no. so,
1: so maybe go. i'll try that because yeah one of one of my existing card companies sent me uh solicitation for a travel version of their card. And they're like, yep, 95 bucks a year. And I'm like, uh, n-.
0: well, that, <laughs> so I mean, I
1: can negotiate that down. Yeah. The, the, Cause the, they offer lots of, lots of perks. Yeah. The travel, the, tra- the fee,
0: I mean, that's pretty typical somewhere between 75 and, you know, a hundred bucks a year for a typical travel card is, is normal and, and quite worthwhile. If you're taking advantage of most of the perks, like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Any more on that or is it time to go back to uh Spotlight? Go. Okay. Steve brings us to uh he says uh Uh, I have a brand new 2019 MacBook Pro 16-inch and I'm experiencing Finder slash spotlight issues that are baffling me and Apple tech support. The recents in Finder as well as smart folders I create only work for a short time, less than one hour after a reboot or a forced re-indexing. Modified files are not shown in these Finder lists, but if I manually scroll to find one of these recently found files, it shows the conflicting data regarding modified date. Uh, The issue is driving me crazy because I can no longer trust Finder. I have downloaded a third-party app from the App Store called Find Any File, which never fails to find the same files that Finder cannot. I've been on two separate calls with Apple Tech, and after reinstalling Big Sur from the recovery console, it worked for a couple of hours only to revert back to the same old behavior. Any expert advice would be a huge help. So uh, the first thing I want to do is point out, uh, find any file. This is from uh, Thomas Templeman. We've talked about find any file in some of his other apps before one of the, one of the, so it's a great app. It's available for either six bucks on his website or seven ninety nine in the app store. Uh, I recommend going and getting it from his website, especially if you have an M one Mac, because if the, the website version, you can update to beta releases and it is universal. So uh, I, I, my feeling is I always download direct from the as opposed to the Mac app store. But I, I understand that there's an, there's a great argument to be made to do exactly the opposite of that. Uh, one of the things I noticed on Thomas's website, though, was right there on the find any file page where you can pay for find any file. He has a list that says alternatives to find any file. And he talks about how, look, not everybody's going to be happy with an app that works one way because we all have different brains. And so he recommends several popular alternatives, including easy find, which is from our friends over at Devon Technologies and is free. So there you go. Uh, you've got two options. And of course, you can read more about he's got a bunch of other options there. But but there's find any file. Uh, Steve, you are not alone with your issues with Spotlight and Big Sur. Uh I've certainly experienced it. I'm I've I would say that I find myself on the more fortunate end of this. It doesn't happen often for me where I noticed it most often notice. I don't mean noticed because I'm sure it'll happen again where I notice it most often is in mail where searching is either slow to show me results or just doesn't show me results. But that's where I do more of my searching than anywhere else. So it doesn't I don't think mail is more affected. I think mail is just more where I'm doing searching and where, where I notice it. But yeah, there's, there's a slowness. I know Brian Chaffin was having a bunch of issues here on our staff. Um, he said 11.1 remedied it quite a bit, but I don't know that it remedied it. John, have you had any issues with spotlight in Big Sur on your Big Sur machine? Not that you've noticed. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Okay audio show so we just want to make sure people hear us when we answer questions right, right right
1: now every now and then i'll see um i'll see a little progress bar which means it's it's doing its thing sure
0: okay like where are you seeing and that actually, progress bar uh,
1: i think that's telling you that spotlight is doing its thing and actually I you you, should, you you'll see it when you know you first install the os because yeah. it has to do a big indexing thing. But then I saw it the other day and I was like, why am I seeing it? The reason I was seeing it is I had my backup, my clone backup drive plugged in and it was indexing that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So a little tip, you probably don't want to index your uh, clone drive. So uh, put it in the exclusion list. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, and I, I highly recommend telling your cloning software to eject your clone the moment it finishes that clone operation.
1: And, oh I do I do that on both but
0: and, but also it won't it won't eject it until it does a clone and if you're doing a clone once a day well if you reboot your mac now your clone drive is mounted so I have a little automator action that I put together that ejects my clone every time I boot up my Mac. Actually, I think I might've moved it inside keyboard maestro, but either way, something to automate that. And I just, I, I created the automator application and put it in, or maybe it was even Apple script, but I think you do with either. Uh, and I put it in, in, you know, startup items so that it, it runs, it ejects it and I'm done. So highly recommended so that you don't run into that. All right. Uh, All right. It's time. We have a bunch of uh, cool stuff found from CES here, John, that I want to get through. And the next thing I want to do is to talk about our first two sponsors, if that's all right with you, my friend. Please do. All right. Look, what are you doing right now? You're spending a lot of time uh, probably at home, working from home, doing things from home, projects. We geeks, our projects often involve putting something online. Well, where are you going to put it? I'll tell you where you're going to put it. You're going to put it on one of Linode's Linux virtual machines. Because with Linode, you can develop, deploy, and scale your applications faster and easier. So whether you're developing a personal project, you know, like having some fun, a Minecraft server or something like that, or managing larger workloads, Want a WordPress site like something like that? Sure, you deserve simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions. And here's the best part: you can get started on Linode today with one hundred dollars in free credit just for being a listener of Mac Geek App, Right, and you can find all the details at linode l i n o d e dot com slash m g g. Linode's least expensive server is their Nanoed server at five bucks a month hundred dollars in free credit nanode server you've got a lot to get started and of course you scale up as you use the thing more you need to get more traffic all that stuff you also get 24 7 365 human support this is you gotta go check this out linode.com slash mgg click on create free account button to get started and use your hundred dollars in free credit just for being a mac geek Hub listener thanks to linode for sponsoring this episode Next up is Calendars by Riedel. I have been waiting to mention Calendars ever since Riedel came on board as a sponsor because I had forgotten about their calendars app to be perfectly honest. And then when they came on board a few months ago, I thought, oh right, I got to dig back in. Man, beautiful, intuitive calendar app for your iPhone, for your iPad. Over twelve million downloads on the app, on the App Store. You can connect to all your Google. Outlook Exchange, and of course, iCloud calendars and manage them in a single place. And calendars is super smart, so you can just type things like meeting with John tomorrow at 5 p.m., and it creates the event right there. It also lets you create recurring events, tasks, and you can even schedule conference calls. Very cool stuff. I, I And I like the way you can get in there and lay it out. There's a lot of, it looks good on the, you know, right at first launch, but there's so many things you can go in and tweak. So if you're a calendar geek like me, you can really set things up the way that you want to. You've got to check this out. You owe it to yourself. So go to Riedel.com slash calendars five or just go visit, you know, Readle in the app store and download it. It's called calendars. Go check it out. Our thanks to Riedel for sponsoring this
1: episode. All right, Dave. CES cool stuff. CES cool stuff. I'm gonna yeah, let's do a- it. I'm going to kick it off with something from Mactar, which I've never heard of them before, <laughs> called the QB Pro. Um, and it's an updated version. They have also have something called the QB. Um, and this one's faster and, and better. Because it's um, the Pro. Yes. Um, <laughs> what is it, you may ask? And I'll tell you exactly what it is. So it's a, it's a small... Sc- square shaped device in one end is a usb a port okay in the other end is a usb a receptacle and there is a uh so what you do is you plug this into your charger and then you plug your uh existing cable into the other end and then there's a slot for your own sd card up to two terabytes so this is bring your own memory to back up your phone Huh. Uh, which That's I cool. think is pretty cool. And then some of the, and some of the enhancements they made to it. Um, so the newer one, so there's an app for both the QB and the QB pro. So the QB pro adds a few things. Um, uh, you can interact with the files app uh, in iOS. Um, uh, the content that it backs up can include photos, contacts, Instagram, Facebook, iCloud, music, um, all sorts of things. This uh, newer one, the app also supports encrypting your data with Face ID or Touch ID, if you want. Oh, that's cool. Um, and you can also use it to shuttle um, the data to your computer by sure. plugging the USB-A into uh, your computer. Um, and it also supports uh, the USB 3.0 speeds. So that's nice. Um, so, the Real Joe QB is $39.99. The QB Pro is $54.99. Okay. Uh, cool. And that's it. So, cool. um, awesome. Sweet. Fun. All right.
0: Uh, let's see. My first one, actually, my first one is something that I wished I had had last year when traveling at CES. Uh, and it's Plugables new uh, USB C 7 in 1 hub. It, looks a lot like the anchor uh, hub dock whatever you want to call it that I travel with it's got a built in USB-C cable it's very thin uh, and it just plugs in to the you know to your USB-C port and the anchor one that I have has Ethernet on one end and HDMI and a couple of USB-C cables this one from pluggable has Ethernet on one end HDMI a couple of sorry a couple of USB-A cable A ports Sorry on the anchor one also here, right? So two USB a ports, an ethernet, HDMI plus two, you know, SD and micro SD slots. And this is the big one, a USB C port for pass through charging. I'd like to have something that I can travel with. So it's small uh, that I can leave either in my bag or at my, you know, desk in a hotel room that I, that has power pass through so that I can set all that up when I get there. And then I have one cable when I get back to the room to plug in and it's got everything that I need. A lot of times I'll wind up plugging HDMI into the TV uh, or I'll have a microphone that I need the USB a port for sometimes ethernet, although that's not really all that common in hotels anymore, but you know, like, like those are good things to have. And I'm really stoked about the pluggable one and it's 35 bucks. So, um, so that's my, that's my thing. Links, of course, in the show notes to all this stuff, so what do you got next, John? Mhm,
1: all right, what I got next is something from origin wireless, the hex home wave based security system. What kind of waves you may ask I'll tell you what type of waves dave wi fi and uh I think it's it's pretty impressive what they can do, so um they have the base and then um called the Hex Command, uh, and then the Hex Sense is a wall plug-in. And once you plug all of these things in here, they, they have an app, of course, and you can um, you know see events as they happen. There's different sensitivity settings. Uh, the neat thing is that the system with with these three components can cover 1,500 square feet, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and it's going to be out in the summer. Um, it's going to be one ninety nine, ninety nine, and they'll offer a, uh, they're, they're talking to people about offering a 24 seven monitoring service, I guess, to send the cops, if, uh, if you're not home. Interesting. So, That's fascinating. So I've, we've seen this yeah, tech it's, before. Yeah. I I was trying to find, I know there was another company that announced a product that, that did similar with RF, um, I don't know if it was Wi-Fi, but um, yeah, Wi-Fi can, I mean, especially 2.4 gigahertz. I mean, that's that's what's in your microwave oven and uh, things that have water in them. It heats them up. And likewise, with um, with this device, the Wi-Fi is detecting the uh, bags of water that walk around. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: So the two that are in the market now and have been, in fact, for quite some time Mm -hmm. is uh, Plume, has the, the Wi-Fi company, right, the the mesh mm-hmm. Wi-Fi company. And again, think about this, right, lots of points around the house. Uh, they call mm-hmm. it uh, Plume Sense, and it uses the Wi-Fi not only in the Plume devices, but in the devices that you tell the system are fixed in place. So not your phone, not your laptop, but maybe your iMac or maybe, you know, a, a hub mm-hmm. for something else. And it will tell you, and you you assign things to rooms, and then it tells you where there is motion. And I think Linksys Velop did the same thing. I, they may have been the first ones to do this. I mean, we're going back years now. Yeah, Linksys Aware uh, is is their uh, motion detection using Wi-Fi. So they've been doing it more as a you know a value add to their their mesh systems. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. it seems like um, Origin is leading with this it's not a it's i mean it is a mesh system but it's not for your devices it's for their devices and the right. the, the interesting part to me is that they're saying that it's reliable enough to truly call it a security system my experience with plumes and linksys is you know plume sense and linksys aware is like it works it's fine but i definitely wouldn't want the cops coming to my house for false positives let's put it that way Right. It's not, it's not that good. So maybe Origins is better or maybe this is why it's not out yet.
1: Yeah, they 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 talked about having, you know, different sensitivity levels. Um, yeah. And also through the magic of their technology, they, you know, will be able to tell if it's a person or a pet because you don't want your pets setting off. The, right. Uh, <laughs> right. So unless you got like a really big dog, um, it yeah. should only detect uh <laughs> Human uh, invaders, right, right, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think plumes. I forget about links. This is, but I ran plumes for quite a while here at the house, and you could tell it, like, yeah, don't, don't mess with pets or whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious if Origin really can make it out and make this like truly work for as a reliable security product. So, but, but that's the beauty of CES, mm-hmm. right? Is we see these things at early stages and. Sometimes they delight us, sometimes they surprise us, and sometimes, you know, they do something else, which is fine. Um, another dock, John, that came out is OWC's new Thunderbolt expansion dock. So it's the latest iteration of OWC's Thunderbolt dock. This one, John, has, uh, let's see, four USB-A ports. Uh, it's, it's self-powered, okay? So uh, it's Thunderbolt that connects to your laptop. Uh, then and will power your laptop or your desktop, right? Um, It has four USB-A ports, one on the front, uh, three on the back, a gigabit Ethernet port, of course, power coming in, an audio out port. And then it has on the, it's got an SD card slot, John. And then it requires Big Sur in order to work because on the back, it has not just one, but three Thunderbolt ports, So this is a combination of their Thunderbolt hub. We would call it their Thunderbolt 4 hub. So that, again, is a weird little name to use. But it is their Thunderbolt slash USB 4 hub combined into their Thunderbolt dock with all of this uh, capability. So I'm really stoked to see this all in one box. So you don't have to get the hub plus the dock, you know, to do it. You could, depending on what ports you need, you, you might still find that that's the way to go. But um, but I'm really stoked to be able to see this. So, yeah, pretty cool, fun, right? But you got to have Big mm-hmm. Sur because Big Sur unlocks that feature of Thunderbolt for your Mac. So that's um, mm-hmm. that's that's just how that works. Um, another one that I wish I had on the airplane to or from CES is uh Irin's new in ear headphone these are the the earbud uh, they Erin was the first to deliver true wireless earbuds ahead of airpods you know certainly ahead of airpods pro uh and uh and they've had two versions out and now this is their third version it's even smaller and sleeker than their prior to, but has a fourteen point three millimeter dynamic driver in there, which I can only imagine delivers fantastic sound that's that's pretty massive for a driver to go in the ear and it's not a balanced armature it is just that 14.3 millimeter driver so it's really going to move some air and it's going to be 199 bucks they expect it out later before the end of march so before the end of the quarter Uh, and it's got a microphone in it an accelerometer and of course their own algorithm that monitors background noise in real time so it can it's actively doing its noise canceling, removing ambient noise, and uh, five hour battery life, and USB C wireless Qi charging, which I am finding is a huge thing for your wireless earbuds. Uh, it really makes a difference to not have to plug them in to be able to just toss the case down on a Qi pad and be good to go. So I, I haven't been able to test them yet, but I'm stoked about their uh existence, especially based on Erin's track record. So links in the show notes, of course, John. You got uh you got a couple to do there, John?
1: Uh yes I do. Sweet. So um uh August was showing the fourth generation of their smart lock, which they call the Wi-Fi smart lock. And here's the interesting thing about it is that it really isn't a lock. Well, it kind of is. Um, but what you what it is, it's something that you place over your existing deadbolt and then it gives you smart functionality. So, um, ah. yeah. So isn't that neat? I, well, um, it, a, a whole lot easier to install, I would say. Yes. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um yeah, maybe I'll uh, I still don't have a smart lock. I mean, I got the doorbell and all that. So I can tell if people want to break in. But
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: I've got a have got a Lockly um, one,
0: uh, a Lockly one on one of the doors, the door that we use most often late at night um, in the house. Mm-hmm. And it's also the door that's, you know, two stories down from where our bedrooms are. So it a automatically locks at midnight no matter what. And then B, it's got a, a you know, a fingerprint touch ID type sensor on it as well as a keypad. So I can, you know, easily unlock the door, uh, all of that stuff. So yeah, it it can be handy, very handy, in fact. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
1: yep. But um, so you know, once it's on your your Wi-Fi network and you run their app, you can then, you know, open and close your door. They have a special um, uh, thing in it called a door sense sensor, so it tells you if your door is opened or closed. And I've done this once or twice where I come in the house and you're carrying groceries and stuff like that, and the door doesn't shut completely. So this will tell you if you blew it. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, you can, uh, hand out a uh, guest keys or virtual guest keys, if you will. Um, and so if other people are running the app, they can get in as well. Um, if you want to do touch ID or face ID verification before running the app, uh, it'll do that as well. So that's, you know, another level of security. Um, so does it have pieces it can, that go on
0: both sides of the door? One to no, it's control just, the, uh,
1: it's just on the, no, it's just on the inside.
0: So, oh, so if you wanted to give me a code, for example, I would have to download the app to my phone in order to unlock your door. Is that right? Yes. Okay. All right. So your, your Fi needs to be working in order for me to be able to unlock your door. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. So bear that in mind in general, when you're buying a smart lock folks, bear in mind what, what contingency plans exist or don't exist in order for you to be able to use that lock. Right. I mean, there's still a key on the outside of this one because it's your old deadbolt. Right. So there's always that option. Right. But, but just bear that in mind as you're doing this, you know, some, uh, some provide for those contingencies. Others do not, you you know, and, and it's good to know, like the Lockley one I mentioned, it's interesting, John, it's got it has a Wi-Fi component. The lock itself is battery powered, as you would imagine. Uh And then it's it's got like a little thing that plugs into the wall that connects to my Wi-Fi. So it's Bluetooth to that and then Wi-Fi, you know, to the, the network. But the lock still functions, keypad and, uh you know, uh touch ID button, touch ID, fingerprint button, regardless of the Wi-Fi. And what's really cool is it does like a code generation thing. So my phone knows about like 10 codes that I could hand out uh, to unlock the thing with limited shelf life that it's sort of automatically done. So even without Wi-Fi, I could give you a code and you could get into my house, which is fascinating.
1: I mean, I suppose it opens up hacking. Oh, so there's a, a keypad on it.
0: There's uh, yeah, it's a digital a touch sensitive keypad. But yes, that's right. Yeah. And it's it's cool. It's got oh, okay. a. um. It's got, if the battery dies, it's got two little leads on the bottom of the lock. So protected from the weather that you could hold a nine volt battery up against to get the lock mm-hmm. open. And then you can go inside and change the batteries. Oh. When you, you know, if you go away on a long trip or something, you come back, it's like, uh oh, dead battery. Run to the hardware store, okay. get a nine volt battery, plug it in. So does it randomize
1: the digits on the keypad? It does. <gasps> okay that um yeah another lock vendor i saw they they pointed out that um yeah i guess most of them do it because if the numbers are in the same place then eventually you're going to see what the code is because right. there's going to be oil or whatever left right. over from people pawing it <laughs> yeah. excuse me all yeah. right what else um there's a uh, auto uh, so we can auto unlock if if you choose so so all you have to do is approach it you know again if you're carrying groceries or stuff that that would be nice uh it uses encryption of course all that great stuff and it works with the usual um uh S person A person and uh, um uh G person. That's great. So I guess you could so I guess you could yeah tell your assistant to open and close the door if you're into that sort of thing. Sure. Or <laughs> yeah. It'll announce if I guess someone is is coming in or leaving. Cool. Cool. That's great, man. All right. Uh 24999 Okay. Uh, you can buy it from them or you you know, the usual, uh, uh, home, home retail stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. You got one more in the, uh,
0: smart protection. Ah, yes. Thing?
1: Okay. So, um, yes. In, uh, in this age of everybody getting stuff delivered, whether it be food or, um, uh, toys or whatever. Um, so Yale uh introduced what they're calling their smart delivery box and the uh concept's pretty straightforward so it's it's a box probably want to put it you know to the side so people can't see it um and then what happens is when somebody comes with a delivery they open it up put the stuff inside close it and then it locks how's that <laughs> that's smart um yeah and then you know you use a uh, use the app um, to unlock or lock the box, um, you can share access with others. Uh, you can view delivery history and receive note of various other notifications. And there are a couple of options. So one is um a Kingsley Park cooler bag. So if you're having food delivered, get the cooler bag so the food doesn't spoil. Um, oh, that's they, pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, and Kingsley Park actually uh designed this here and uh it's a company that actually offers uh non-secure delivery boxes so uh yale work with these guys because you know yale makes locks um you can also get a keypad so if you want someone else to access it uh you give them this keypad and you don't they don't have to be running an app so
0: that's cool so you could give the keypad code to like your various delivery services. Right. Because you can do that with uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure USPS and I'm certain UPS and FedEx can keep a keypad on file so that they can open, you know, whatever they need to to get to your thing. So they could all have yes. the availability, you know, of, of opening this box and yet no one else. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty good, man. I like it.
1: Yeah. So um uh comes with a Wi-Fi bridge, uh connects to your 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi, and the box itself is $229.99 and $279.99 with the smart key Nice. Nice. Cool. Uh
0: all right, An- another set of earphones that I'm really eager, uh well, I'm excited about. I have some, is the um Anchor Soundcore Liberty Air Two Pro. Uh, And these are, they just came out from, uh, from anchor this week. They, my, my only issue with them is that they have, they are, what's the right way to say it? Uh, They they have stems, right? So I'm not a huge fan of stems on my, on my earbuds, but, uh, but these actually fit really well. They come with nine, nine sets of. Um, of, of, of tips. So you can really get the size right. And, wow. and, and pro tip, no pun intended. Each of us, it's, it's uncommon that your ears are symmetrical in terms of their size. So it ex, don't be surprised if you find that you're say a medium in one ear and a small in the other or things like that. So don't just assume that because you found the right tip for one ear that the other ear would match. Almost, almost always it does not. Uh, but these are these are are very comfortable. I was able to get them and to stay in and and they sound good. They've it's a a combination of a dynamic driver and a balanced armature, but they floated the armature in there so that it's not influenced by the driver and you do get some, some decent articulation on the sound. I, I, I was surprised quite frankly, not, not that because the sound is an anchor brand. I mean, anchor always makes quality stuff, but, um, it, you know, for 129 bucks, these things are huge value. They come with a charging case that is also chi chargeable. So again, you just put the things in, you throw them down, uh, my, uh, they, my son, I got a set for my son and sent him off. He had to fly back to, to Portland to go back to read. And he, um, he used them on the plane. Said so they worked great. They've got like seven hours of battery life on just one charge in the earbuds. And then you can recharge them three times with the case. Once the case is charged, they've got, um, it, they're active noise canceling and you can set the different noise canceling levels and types different for outdoors, indoors, that sort of thing. Uh, You also can do what they call their, their Hear ID personalized EQ, where you put the earbuds in, you launch the app and you run essentially a hearing test on each ear where it plays a tone and you tell it whether you hear the tone or not. And then it comes up with an EQ curve for you, uh, which you can then adjust from there and tweak from what they've found. And I was able to get these things. I mean, they sounded good out of the gate. I was able to get them to sound really good. Uh, And the, the, I, I've, I've been impressed with these. And again, you know, compared to what Apple's pricing looks like for these kinds of things for 139 bucks for high quality earphones with a Qi charging case, like it's, it's hard to beat what they're doing with the Liberty air two pro. So I'll put a link to this in the, uh, in the show notes as always, but, uh, but I think you're going to like them. So there you go. I've, I've, uh, I've put a link. I think, I don't think they're available on Amazon yet. I think you've got to get them direct from, the Soundcore website, but obviously there's a link there. Four colors. Crystal pink, titanium white, uh, Onyx black, and sapphire blue. I, I got the Sapphire blue and onyx black ones and they they both look great. They really nicely done. And they sound good for phone calls, by the way. I uh I did some testing and then wound up with a you know having having a couple of conference calls on Friday. And My first conference call, John, I was all set. You know, I I like prepped ahead of time. I called. uh, Actually, I called our our voicemail at uh, 224-888-GEEK. You know, what's that, John? What's geek? I think you're muted, John. Right? Are you there? Hmm. Yes, there is. Four, three, three. Five. We got to get you a hardware mute button so that you hear when you're muted. Um, but uh, but I called that. I, I left us a message. I, I listened to it. It was, you know, all good. And and I took my call. Then I put him back in the case. And then I had a call about a half hour later. And I realized that the call was had started like 30 seconds ago at one point. I just got, you know, engrossed in what I was doing. And so I grabbed the earbuds. I put them in my ear. I dialed the phone and I was on the call with through the earbuds. That's a testament to how well they, they like wake up and pair with your device, I thought, because um, because I, I, as we all have, you know, pairing and Bluetooth can be kind of a pain in the neck. But yeah, these worked out great. I'm really, really stoked about it, especially at the price, $129.99. I think that's just great. So anyway, uh, you got any more?
1: Yes, sir. Right. Um, so you're not going to be the only one that talks about audio products here, Dave. I'm going to take the stage here. Excellent. Um, Binatone is showed something which they call mask phone. You can probably guess what they're combining. So it's a, a quality mask. And actually I learned something about masks. Um And it also does wireless audio. I would assume Bluetooth. Um, so they, they combine both into one unit. So the mask part, here's the interesting thing. So it comes in different sizes, small, medium, and medium, large. So I guess you can get one for the kiddies. Um, <clears throat> the inner filter, now this is something I learned, can either be a PM 2.5. I've never heard that term before. Oh, those are, um, those are
0: pretty common. Those are those filters when you get a mask that you can slide a filter in and out of. Those are PM 2.5 filters.
1: Yeah, so that means particulate matter. So that level of mask is meant more for filtering out pollution, Correct. not so much um, viruses and bacteria. And they also have an N95 uh, insert. So, um so you can get either one. Uh, it's IPX5 water and sweat resistance and the controls to make calls or play your music and stuff are on the side of the mask. Um, but here we go. So, so this is interesting. Um, you can run it with an app. So I guess you could do either straight sound, but then they have um, a couple of technology here. So they do noise cancellation. And they also do something called voice projection that i guess uh, uh increases the quality of your voice uh-huh. um and it's powered by the hubble connect for verva life app okay okay um and there's a rechargeable battery in the mask you know to power sure. uh the r f uh and it lasts for twelve hours and uh I was surprised here um starting at forty nine ninety nine wow that's a that that's huh. Very cool. And yeah, I it was like wow. Well, you could you could probably charge more for that. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean it's it's like the price of you know some earbuds, uh, but you get a mask thrown in there. So, um, anyways, you can get it at their store, and you can. It's going to be available uh, later this year from Target and Amazon. So, cool. That's awesome, man. Wow, very cool. Very cool.
0: Huh. I like it. That's good. 12 hours of battery life. Uh, one more? One more, man. Yeah, what do you got?
1: All right, one more. Um, our pals at Kingston uh, introduced a new line, uh, a new product line, which they're calling the Workflow, Workflow Product Series. What is it? Well, um, there are two parts. So one is what I'll call a dock. Um, it's a okay. USB-C dock, and it has four receptacles. Uh, also with a USB-C port. And it, it comes with one, what I'll call module. They call it a USB mini hub, which has USB-A and USB-C. So you can plug your uh, various uh, flash memory cards into it. Yeah. Um, they also offer a standalone SD card reader uh, and then a micro SD reader. And I asked them this and it sounds like they may, because I know some pro photographers, um, Compact flash is still a popular format and I think, uh, pros typically use it cause I think they're typically faster and have higher capacity. Um, the modules, you, you don't have to plug into the dock. You can actually just plug them, you know, with a USB cable. Yeah. So the, you know, so if you just need, you know, a couple of connections, you can just grab one of these and not take the, uh, the dock. Right. So, um, right. Uh, but the nice thing is that so it has four slots. So the thing is if you got lots of media or photos or audio or whatever, um, you know, you can you can mount simultaneously all of those things uh on your computer. So the dock is 130 and the readers are 35 bucks each. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Huh.
0: What a what a yeah, yeah. like a little modular system. Huh. I like it. Mhm. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, that's great, man. Cool. All right, we have um we have a bunch of stuff, some questions, some quick tips, some follow-ups to recent episodes. So many different places to go. The next thing I want to do, John, is talk about our next couple of sponsors uh as long as we're we're good to go here. Yeah, good to go. Please. All right. Look, it's 2021. You don't have to wear pants. You don't have to commute, and we don't want you to have to worry about your eat healthy resolutions. And that's why we're really stoked to tell you about Sunbasket, because Sunbasket wants you to have your healthiest year yet, and they're gonna make it super easy for you. We've been using Sunbasket here at the house, and it's really cool what they do. They've got these fresh and ready meals, they're just 8 99 and they're good for you and for your budget and they taste great, and they're super fast, right? You just get this meal, you take it out, and you heat it up, you're done. It, And then they have their their other full meals that you you do some cooking and some prep work, and it, they don't take very long. It's, you know, 20, maybe 30 minutes is what we found is the average of the things that we have get, and we've been having fun with it. Uh, you know, there's, there's four of us in the house, and so we, or there has been up until very recently <laughs> uh, when the kids all headed back to school, but what we've been doing is we got you know a couple of fresh and ready meals or a fresh and ready meal and a regular meal and we we kind of you know and we have this smorgasbord of all kinds of things on the table it's delicious stuff like butter chicken with basmati rice and beef chili with cheddar and greek yogurt creamy mushroom pane with baby spinach and almonds you've got to check these out because right now sunbasket is offering $35 off your order when you go right now to sunbasket.com/mgg and enter promo code mgg at checkout That's sun Basket sunbasket.com slash mgg with promo code mgg at checkout for thirty five dollars off your order one more time sunbasket.com slash mgg promo code mgg and our thanks to sunbasket for sponsoring this episode look if last year taught us anything it's that it's really hard to know what's going to happen next right and you don't want to leave your kids or your partner with a huge financial burden if something were to happen to you right and on that note it makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a little bit each month to protect the ones you love? And if you're asking yourself this question, Ladder is your option because Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You need just a few minutes your phone or your laptop to apply Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time. So you'll find out instantly if you're approved and they have no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. And since insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. So check out ladder today to see if you're instantly approved, go to ladderlife.com slash M G G that's L A D D E R life.com slash M G G ladder life.com slash mgg Ladderlife.com slash G and our thanks to ladder. For sponsoring this episode. All right, let's uh, let's do. We've got some follow ups from previous episodes that we've been we've been kind of letting go, and so maybe uh, maybe it's time to to get to them here. And we'll start with Bruce uh, from last episode. We were talking about we had a listener question about airdropping to a sleeping Mac. We talked about why that's not doable. Uh, Bruce says, uh, "I have the same setup." And what I've found is that if you begin to initiate a screen sharing sh- screen sharing session with the sleeping Mac, <laughs> that will wake it up enough in order to use airdrop. No sneaker net required. Still not elegant, but it does work. That's a good little tip. That's right. I, I, um, I wonder if connecting via file sharing would be enough to wake it up for that. Of course, if you're going to connect via file sharing, maybe. Maybe that's all you need. So, all right. Um, but there you go. So that's that's one option. So thank you, Bruce. Good. And then uh, listener Ron has, uh, has another thought here. He says, uh, for the call, who's was asking about AirDrop. What about iCloud? I have my desktop as well as my current folder, and I can save files to either place by save to files on iOS, and that way it's easy to share between my devices i can access the folders from everything dropbox he says would be another way to do it i suppose you could use a graphical multi clipboard like paste as well so yeah i like that's a good that's a good one john right so uh, yeah
1: mhm
0: so i don't know thoughts thoughts so uh, thank you guys for for those those ideas i like i like this just find some way to get the mac to be responsive and then go so cool uh, John, you want to take our, take a, another follow-up from last week?
1: Yes. So, uh, Dan builds on something that I talked about. So, uh, Dan says, in 852, you talked about muting conversations in messages and forgetting to turn it back on and missing notifications. I think it is new in iOS 14, but in settings messages, there is a toggle for mentions called notify me. This allows you to get notifications as someone mentions your name, even if the conversation is muted in a group message. It seems to be the best as if someone needs you, they will usually address you directly and everything else can just be read when, when you want. Um, it's not as helpful with a message between a single person as they would not likely be able to address you by name because you're the only person (laughs) being talked to. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Dan.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, Messages is coming around. It's, um, yeah, I don't know, you know, work in progress. I like it. It's just, you know, it's other.
1: There are features. The thing that, you know, I, yeah, the thing that I still appreciate. um, So I've been doing a lot of things online, you know, like signing up for new services. Maybe I'll talk about that. Uh, Maybe not this time. But um, anyways, a lot of times what happens is you'll be texted a uh, numeric access code to verify that it's you. Um, the thing that I like is that the latest iOS and macOS are smart enough that when you hover over the field that wants the numbers, you'll get a float over after a second or two saying, oh, you want to paste this thing that was yeah. just sent to you in messages? So we we get to
0: thank longtime uh, Mac Geekab listener. Uh, I'll leave your name out of it but uh started as a mac Geekab listener and then moved on and and uh is working on the safari team at apple and was one of the um one of the people on the team that created that feature and it is fantastic every time there is a tweet about someone saying just like what you said john like oh this feature is amazing it gets like you know a million retweets it like this is one of those features That is doable because of Apple's integrated ecosystem and leverages all of the, you know, uh, coherence and and and, you know, all of that stuff that ties all your devices together. But it's it. Mm -hmm. I agree, man. It makes that two factor authentication stuff that uses SMS a dream. And when it in the, the rare instances when it doesn't work. I'm like thrown off like, Oh gosh, I have to, I have to (laughs) look and type. This is terrible. So yeah, I agree. It's awesome. It's awesome. Hey, um, I wanted to follow up on my iPhone battery charging chi versus wired issue. So last week I talked about how I have been seeing consistently this symptom with my phone where it will charge up to a hundred percent or something and then stop charging even though it knows it's still on the chi pad well i did some experimenting john uh i have a ventev charger next to my bed that i've i've had for several years and the reason that i use the ventev one next to my bed is because it turns when i start charging a light comes on as it does on most chi chargers and then after 30 seconds the light goes off so i like this next to my bed uh so I took my case off my phone I'll t- I'll tell you what case I I've been using because I think that's quite relevant here, but I took my case off my phone and I tested it and it charged all the way up and stayed at hundred percent all night. So problem solved. Uh, I thought, okay, this is good to know. I tried a different Qi coil with and without the case charged to hundred percent and stayed there all night long. So I think the issue is a combination of this particular case and at least this particular charger. And it's kind of a chunky charger. So I'm wondering if it's a heat issue and that there's too much too much insulation between Qi coil on the pad and Qi coil on the phone. Because mm-hmm. the case that I'm using is this uh, grip-to-you case, which has like mm-hmm. a, a rubber a uh, grip on the back of the phone so that it's great. You can just slide your hand in there and it's great. And I've loved these grip to you cases for exactly this reason. It's kind of like having a pop socket on your phone, but without the thickness and, and I don't know, the, the, the mess of having a pop socket on your phone. I, I like the idea of a pop socket. I just don't like the way it works, but it does add some insulation. I mean, it is rubber, you, you know? And so I think this Ventev charger maybe also has a little extra bulk to it and one of the devices i can't tell which because of course we don't get to see uh, logs on an iphone or at least not easily one of the devices is saying no um, it like it's too hot stop and that usually happens when it hits 100 but i've seen it you know stop at like 87 or something and then just like nope we're done So I think that's that's my issue is I can't use this case with that charger, but this is the case I want to use. And that's the charger I want to use. So uh, so I need to find a a solution. But but that's the issue. So if and and several of you, many of you, in fact, wrote in with various different uh, theories and experiences about what you went through with similar things. And some of you went through something very similar to mine and others had, had different things, but, but mine is most definitely related to this. So it's just, you know, the troubleshooting method. Uh, so check it out. My, this case also does not work with MagSafe. If that's an indication. Oh, right. So, I mean, the insulation there, it's either the insulation or there is one little, it's almost like a watch band pin that keeps these things in place sort of, Um, but it's got a little bit of metal in there. So that may also be part of this, but, um, but it works fine with other Qi chargers.
1: So, so there you go. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So a couple of thoughts. So one, the case that I have here, which is, um, oops, ah, you can see my light. (laughs) (laughs) So this case that I have here is one of the spec clear cases, yep. and this one does work fine with uh, with MagSafe. It gets through it.
0: I tested one of those. So cases I'm not sure what mi- this week mm-hmm. with with my Ventev charger, and it it also worked fine. So the Ventev charger works fine with cases, just not this one. And this case works fine with Qi chargers, just yeah. not the Ventev. So it's just. A I,
1: I remember you had the uh, the clear case. You you got okay. the red phone, right? I got the red phone. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I wonder the only other thing. So I have this Ventev charger as well. Um, I'm wondering if, so a nice thing about this charger, and I'm wondering if this would apply to your situation is that you can change the height of the Qi charging element. I noticed that on the mini compared to my eight, I had to put the phone in a slightly different position in Qi devices in order to get, um, even just regular charging. Yeah. I, so, um, yeah, like the one that I have in my car, when when I mounted my new phone, it wouldn't charge on Qi. I actually had to nudge it over um instead of it being flush with one of the brackets, I had to nudge it over a, a little bit. Um and then it engaged because yep. at first I was like, "Why is it not charging?" Yeah. I thought, yeah, I, I thought
0: I thought about that too, and so for the last two nights I've taken the Qi element completely out of the the little, you know, stand that, that it comes in and I've just laid it flat and put the phone on it and really like, you know, lined it up to where I know the Chi coil is based on when I put the MagSafe charger on, cause that will line up perfectly with the coil. So I know right where it is and I put it on there and it doesn't seem to matter. Like last night, I think it hit like, okay. I don't know. I don't even think it hit 80% before it got too hot or whatever the circumstances that it says I bail. So, um, so, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's chi, right? So you've got to, uh, you know, there's heat and loss involved and, and devices protect themselves. So, so there you go. That's
1: what I oh, got. Yeah. You've probably gotten that screen on your phone. Um In the warmer months when I put my phone and, and run ways or something like that, often the heat that, bounces off of my dash which is black so it emits yeah lots of heat i've gotten this warning on my phone it'll say i'm getting too hot uh do something about mm. it and typically what i do is i will um, remove it from the case because it insulates it i sure. guess enough to cause it to over temp and the phone is smart enough to not destroy itself when it's too hot so sure yeah yeah Yeah. exactly yeah
0: Cool. All right. Uh, We had I mentioned DoorDash and setting up your lights in the last episode uh, so that your DoorDash driver knows that they are certainly at your house. And listener Steve wrote and he says, I love the idea of the lights. He says another great way to get them to the exact three meters square where you want the delivery is what three words at W3W.co. He says, uh, I think you have mentioned it before on the show, but lots of more delivery companies are starting to adopt it now. And the basic idea is that every three meter square on the planet has been assigned a three word address and you can find out what they are using their free app. And uh, he sent us some links as examples, but that's pretty cool. I'm uh, sorry. If I said W3W dot com, I, I misspoke. It's W3W dot co or what three words.com it it looks like is also a thing. So anyway, links in the show notes, but that's a great idea, Steve. Thank you. I like that. We'll have to, maybe I'll put both the lights and the, the W three W thing, so that uh, if they don't have the W three W app, they're not, uh, you know, they're not stuck. So yeah, I like it. And, uh, and Scott along the same lines says, uh, I I like your idea. I want to share with you what I do for delivery services in the hopes that others will replicate it. Um, These folks work really hard. They're keeping us stocked with everything from cables to cantaloupes. I like to give them a break and a treat whenever possible. And so he sent in a couple of photos where he repurposed a shipping box from a food delivery service that contained insulation. Uh, so you, you take your sun box after you order sun basket at sunbasket.com slash MGG. He uh, says, and I converted it to a flip top box every morning. I make sure that the box is filled with a cold pack, Cokes and bottled water. Also, whenever we have leftover candy or cookies, as we did from the recent holidays, we divide them into small plastic bags and put them on top of the box. I've told all the drivers that come by that they are uh, whether they are delivering anything to us or not. They are welcome to come by and pick up something out of the box. He says it's a small thing, but it's really been greatly appreciated. And with everything they go through, the small amount of money that they make for this uh it's just a tiny gesture of gratitude. So I like this idea. It's like, what a great idea. So we're, we're going to, we've been talking about it here at the house. We're going to do something like this too. So I like it. You can take a, a cooler cool. too. If you don't, you know, if you, if you, if you're comfortable <clears throat> doing that, like just put a cooler out and now you're good to go. So, yeah, I like it. Thanks. Yep. yep. Yeah.
1: It's good. Um, I want to do at least Darren here because this is something that I think a lot of people don't know about. Take us a bit of digging. Yeah, man. All right. So Darren writes in and says, uh, time machine solution. The obvious answer to me is. Wait, 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 slow, 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 way, 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 way down. What
0: what episode and what's the problem? Just so that everybody knows what the, what, what
1: problem Darren is helping us solve here. Uh, I believe the listener, I don't know the episode, but no. fifty. 850, someone had asked about time machine options. Okay. Right. Oh, right. So, yeah,
0: back in episode 850, we were we were talking about uh, different options for network time machine now that the Apple time capsule is no longer a going concern or an available concern.
1: So, right. right. Okay, great. Thank you. And so Darren, Darren tells us about one that I did not know about, Dave, and I don't think you did either. And no one mentioned it. So he mentioned it. So Time Machine Solution, the obvious answer to me is another Mac. Any Mac that can run High Sierra or newer has a built-in Time Machine server. I use a 2011 MacBook Pro for Time Machine server, and it's awesome. Always plugged in, Ethernet connection to my router, and setup is super easy in preferences sharing. And I'll leave it at that. That's Um, smart. I like it. My experience, Dave is that it's not super easy. We okay. got to dig a little bit. Sure. Because I went, yeah, because I'm like, I don't remember seeing Time Machine in sharing. Yeah. And if you look at sharing, you will not see it. What you do is you have to dig a little bit. So, uh, so it's buried inside of uh, the file sharing options, specifically file sharing shared folder advanced options. So you got to go down a bit of a rabbit hole here in order to get it. But once you're there, it says, yeah, here's here's time machine, uh you can limit the size of it if you want to. Right. So you create um, a shared folder and then
0: you right click on that shared folder in the shared folders list and choose advanced options. And there are several things, allow guest users, allow only SMB encrypted connections and share as a time machine backup destination, and even more importantly, limit backups to X number of gigabytes so that it doesn't just float up and bulk up your drive. That's pretty good. Yeah, yes. Mm.
1: That's good. So I I, rem- I think I remember it being in a prior version of OS 10 server. They would have an explicit time machine server option. Of mm-hmm. course, now they don't. They just let you do... Uh, MDM now. Just too bad. Oh, I like yeah, yeah, Mac yeah. OS 10 server. Right, right, right. Wow. That's pretty so, cool. good one.
0: Yeah, I'll say. Uh, you got another good one like that or are we good with, uh, with our follow-ups? Uh, I mean, we're all, we're on Time Machine. You want to take us to dawn?
1: Yeah, hold on, hold on. I'm okay. lost here. Um... Yeah, let me get Don up here. There we are. Um, All right, thanks for the show. You're welcome. Um, Referencing show 850 where we were discussing available options when the time machine or time capsule stops working. I've had many time capsules over the years wishing Apple had not discontinued them because they worked well. All of the issues I'd have with the time capsules have been hard drive related. I've never had a time capsule that had a router problem. My remedy, if only the hard drive is failed or failing, is to attach an external hard drive or SSD to the USB port on the time capsule and move on. I have even connected a USB hub to the time capsule and then attached the external hard drive to the hub. Time machine will back up to this external HD SSD without any problem. Of course, if you're using the time capsule router function, you will forever be saddled with 802.11ac. But that's not a problem because I don't have access to high-speed internet. Oh, bummer. Oh, that sucks. Um, Yeah. So that's a good point. Now, the thing is, if I recall correctly, Dave, they never officially supported backing up to an externally connected drive until the 802ac version, but it did work. I think you are correct. I think even... The drive just just
0: connecting to a drive, backing up or or just as file sharing was not officially supported. I think that's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And was it also
1: could it also I think it could also be a print server.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, could I ever try that. Yes, it, I think you're right. I think it could be
1: a print server.
0: I think that's correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. am I thinking of my Synology? Synology can also be a print server. Definitely. A time machine destination. Definitely.
0: Um, Speaking of printers, John, I bought a new, I finally bought a new laser printer or a multifunction laser printer because I wanted something that had a, um, uh, 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 but the ability to scan from my, from my Mac which my old mm-hmm. HP, you know, they they just haven't updated the software in probably 10 years. So I wound up mm-hmm. buying a Lexmark MB 3442 ADW. And it's it's amazing mm-hmm. having the ability to simply I know that I'm late to this party that it's amazing finally having this ability to go into, you know, the the system preferences, printers and scanners thing. And actually just be able to scan right there. Like I haven't even installed Lexmark software on this, on, the, on my Mac, and I'm able to do everything because it's, because it's, you know, built as a, it's a modern thing. So there, there is a benefit to, uh, to doing that. So I will, I'll put a link in the show notes, but, um, it's, you know, it's just, I mean, it's, there's nothing special about this Lexmark. It's just, that just happens to be the one that was available when I bought it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. It's great.
1: Yeah, I do. I use the uh, ScanSnap for scanning. I'm there you go. Happy with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's fine. We we for also low volume scanning. It's really good. It's it's very small too. Totally, totally. Yeah, I find that
0: having a flatbed scanner is something I appreciate about four times a year. Um, and so probably the smarter move would have been to have a separate flatbed scanner from my printer but it i like having a fax machine um again for those four times a year when something needs to be faxed so and we wanted to have a a laser printer in the house for some stuff that lisa's been doing lately so i don't know it all just kind of made sense and it was it was one of those hey the year is about to end and i can take another tax write-off so let's go so that's what I did. Hey, um listener Steve sent in a a thing uh, about time machine just to wrap that up and and flush those out of the queue. And uh Steve says back for episode uh, 850 your proposals were okay, but another solution that you did not mention is available. If Todd, your listener, simply is trying to replace the router portion of the time capsule, what can be done is to buy the router he needs and keep the time capsule for the time machine backup. So sort of the opposite of, of you know, the opposite problem that Don was offering to solve. So that makes perfect sense. Yep. Just turn off the router, put it in bridge mode. Uh, I did that with my time capsule for years and years. So. Um, so anyway, there, uh, there you go. So thank you. Thank you, listener Steve. That was a. Uh, that's all good, um John. I've got a quick tip do we have more on the time machine thing or more on the printer thing or anything else on the thing of the thing, with the thing?
1: Um, yeah, we got yeah the yeah, the last one here is uh yeah, another follow up, which will okay for okay yes, cool, um, speaking of scanners, I remember back in the day when I did r and d uh, and imaging work, yeah, I got an Epson. Uh, what was it it was called an epson so first off it wasn't my money it was the company's money but sure. i got an epson perfection that did 9600 dpi which okay. is like insane for an image scanner <laughs> yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good it allowed me to do a lot of uh, a lot of interesting work um oh here's something to try i'm wondering okay. if your printer would do this try to scan currency oh all right I will assuming
0: that's not against the law. I will try it.
1: So it is not against the law. If what you reproduce is at least a certain percentage smaller than the bill or Mm. larger than the bill. Okay. Yeah. Because I looked into this. Now, some scanner, some image scanners will just refuse. They're like, I'm not going to let you copy money. This one. Let me scan money. Interesting. Um, yeah, there's special patterns on bills. Uh, I don't know. if uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Maybe oh. I can find it. But there are special patterns on bills that a lot of scanners will detect and say, nope. I like it. That's good. All right. Yeah,
0: I'll try that. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll try, I'll try that and report back. Yeah, I, I need to pra- practice scanning something. Yeah, this is only a 600 by 600 uh, DPI uh, scanner. So, but, you know, fine for, for general purpose stuff, which is all I need. Oh, so. well, that's
1: plenty. What yeah. and the the and the the output I guess is also 600 by 600 mm. or up to. Yeah, let's see. Printing
0: is uh print resolution is 2400 IQ, which Ooh. they say is 2400 by 600, and I'm not sure how that works or mm. 600 by 600. So, I, I I evidently it will do both. So, yeah. oh, that's decent. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a nice little, it's like, you know, again, mm-hmm. there's nothing special about this. I picked it because it was available to ship and I, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, but, uh, but, you know, it, it's fine. It does its job. It's nice mm-hmm. to have a, mm-hmm. again, it's just nice to have a modern piece of tech in, in my printing. So that's, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I'm waiting to ship as I make my chair squeak is my new chair that I ordered like December 10th, but um, but they, they have not, I say they have not shipped a, We ordered another chair for Lisa too. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I don't know what's going on. So I've been tightening and and lubricating things, but, uh, you know, I just need a new chair. This one has served me well, but it's done. You know, it's whatever. Right. Five to 10 years old.
1: Oh, and who gave us, a, a, we got a quick tip from someone. I don't know if you put it on the list here. Um, WD-40 is not necessarily the best thing to use to lubricate. Because I guess it doesn't only lubricate, but eventually it will displace. It's um, a cleaner, right? right? Is well, what
0: WD-40 is, I think.
1: Yeah, though I found I, I've often used it as a lubricant. But, okay, um, I use I use silicone spray as a as a lubricant
0: mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm going to do that type of lubricating. Um, I don't, I, you know,
1: yeah, yes, yeah. or actually, I've used motor oil sometimes.
0: Yeah, you'd use three-in-one <laughs> oil or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, oil's oil. Depends on how mm-hmm. how messy you want it to be, which is why I've, right, I like right. I like the silicone spray because it, you know, it does its job and, and mm-hmm. generally doesn't drip all over the place, but it can. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, though. All right. Well, that's what we got for today. We have we have lots more, though, for next week. So good news. We'll, we'll do another show, John. It's, uh, it's how it's going to be. We might even have more stuff from CES. Yeah. I feel like CES is going to continue. I've got meetings and press events that continue through the end of the month. So um, I don't know. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, you could. There's, there's press events that you could attend. There's like those showstoppers things. I think there's at least one. Actually, not, yes. Two more no, there's. Yeah.
1: Yes. So I'll, uh, I'll keep my eye on my, uh, my email box. Um, speaking of email, Dave, feedback at I think you said feedback at MacGeekab.com for clarity and I uh,
0: absolute, focus.
1: Yeah. I absolutely said feedback at MacGeekab.com. Awesome.
0: Yeah, send us your, your questions, your tips, your cool stuff found. That's what like, that's what makes the show, as you've just heard. So thanks, everybody. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Of course, Linode.com slash MGG, dot Sunbasket.com slash MGG, and LadderLife.com slash MGG. Thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. And really, thanks to all of you uh, for, sure, sending in all your stuff, but also for listening and, uh, and just being a part of the community. That's, that's kind of the, that's the best part about what we get to do together here. And for those of you that are on the premium program at macgeekup.com slash premium, thank you. I would like to take a minute to thank all of you whose contributions who have come in in the last week. So we've got Anthony N, Deb from San Clement, Terrence from Avon Lake, Warren from Thompson Station, Karen, Car- sorry, Karen from Chagrin Falls. John from Decatur, Corey from Kenmore, Jeff from Delmar, Paul from Tunbridge Wells, Dennis from Chapel Hill, Ari from Kensington, Nick from Mount Clemens, Graham from Yelverton, James from Brandon, Jay Walter from Long Island City, Black Boy, uh, Robert from Oklahoma City, Bob from La Pesh, Timothy from West Windsor, Joe from Fouquet-Varina, I'm sure I am mispronouncing that. F U Q U A Y, Fuque, Fuque Verena, sure. Uh, Bill from Menlo Park, Brian from Danbury, Santiago from Palm City, John from Wake Forest, and Paul from Lee. Nice, very nice. That's one town over from me. Thanks so much for uh, to all of you for everything that you do for all of us here. We uh, we love being able to do this. So truly, thank you, thank you, thank you, and. Uh, And we'll see you next week. We we promise we'll be back. It's how it works here. I don't know. Got anything else to share? I I do. We promise, right? Geek's honored. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't (laughs) know. That's what I think. That's what Han tells me.
1: Ah. What does Han tell you, John? Anything? Um... Well, uh, uh, among other things, especially when he's uh, flying an astor- through asteroid fields, Han says, "Don't get caught."
0: Maybe.